And welcome back to the Part-Time Otaku Podcast. My name is Dave. My name is Grant. And we're back on our bullshit, back in your life. Uh, Attack on Titan is back after a one-week hiatus. Um, Hopefully some of you caught last week's episode, or I know a few of you did. Thanks for listening. Um, We did a little, you know, year in review on some of the other anime that we've watched, but uh, now it's time to get back to Attack on Titan. What a fun little romp to lead us right back into just the... uh just the dark oh my god the the darkness of attack on titan what a return to form this was dave dude i don't know if this was like (laughs) this you know we'll like get into it in a minute might be arguably one of my favorite episodes of the entire series and also just like all of anime jam-packed i loved this episode oh yeah um before we start going through the breakdown i want to give a quick shout out to at cosmic tattoo designs on instagram um, we interacted on the Attack on Titan subreddit. We saw you post some really awesome uh, fan art uh, that you guys can now see in the thumbnail of this episode. Thanks for letting us use this. Um, anybody who likes it, check them out on Instagram. That's at Cosmic Tattoo Designs. Thank you very much for the thumbnail. Um, as we mentioned last week, we're going to feature all kinds of fan art probably you know, within the episode thumbnails of the podcast so sometimes they might get cut off but otherwise we'll probably just share it on our social media instagram facebook twitter reddit etc um but thank you for that yes thank you very much awesome stuff real cool stuff and lots more coming man uh you know the attack on titan community on reddit especially there's two different uh two different subreddits uh that we've been having a really fun time interacting with uh there's attack on titan and then there's the like the original name of the manga which i'm not going to try and pronounce um but both of them have been like tons just like great vessels of uh of of content in terms of uh fan art so stay tuned for tons more of that okay um season four episode five declaration of war was it ever oh my god (laughs) i didn't want to you know i wanted to post on on our instagram like hey you know this episode is coming but i the even this even the title of this episode is a bit of a spoiler but not yeah. really it, it's I, it's fitting because you know like if you've been watching so far like as i'm assuming all fans of the show are it was like you know like the lead up to this episode has been like drip fed you know we've had some big moments obviously like you know you and i have lost our minds so many times already in a span of you know the four episodes prior this was just like you know kind of like smack like this is like here we are like this the build-up is here and there couldn't be a more suitable um there couldn't be a more suitable name to the to the episode you know like it's it's quite literally what's happening and then you know it's it's it was perfect like you know the everything around this episode this is it's like you said it's one of by far the best episodes of the show ever amazing amazing pacing use of suspense uh it reminded me and you may think I'm crazy, but I recently watched this movie. It reminded me of the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards between 100%. Christoph Waltz and the dairy farmer. Yeah. Um, the whole way through, you know something bad's about to happen. And it's <laughs> just, when is the, the other shoe going to drop? Okay. But Whereas, you know, the, dif- the big difference being, too, like, you know, in, in Inglorious Bastards, it was very much a one-sided... Oh, God. And, but even that, like, the, the dairy farmer in that instance was, like, reserved and, like, holding his own as much as he could. If he was scared, he wasn't fully showing it. Reiner was basically pissing his pants. Yeah. The power dynamic really yeah. changed. Um, 
so so let's work up to it i think this yeah. is the first episode i've ever seen open on a violence disclaimer yeah I, that, that was surprising very surprising yeah you know i part of me wonders like is that like a mappa thing like do they mm. not you know are they not normally used to this kind of stuff is that a studio decision or did they i don't know uh, but it's an interesting choice and it definitely sets a tone mm-hmm. um the first frame or the first scene of the episode is a flashback one that we've kind of seen already and that's uh, Berthold, annie and reiner having a convo uh you know while they're undercover on the island mm-hmm. and Berthold is just mentioning again you know i've been having these dreams about that man that hung himself and he says i think it's because he wanted you know why did he tell us that why did he tell us what he did why did he tell us what happened to him and then he says it's i think it's because he wanted to be judged yeah. And then we immediately cut to right where we picked off, uh, picked up off at last episode, which is Aaron ha- and Reiner. So Reiner's been led down to this basement where Aaron is waiting for him. And we don't get very far in. We just see Aaron say the same thing. Hey, Reiner, it's been four years. And then we cut immediately. Um, Can I just say, I felt... Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the moment, it's, you know, it's, it's such a... When I sat down to watch the episode, I was just, you know, I was just quiet, you know, I was waiting, like, you know, just not sure, where, like, where it was going to go, and I think it's the, because I think he said it's been four years twice, I think he says that once or twice to Reiner, but the one time he says it, he goes to, like, uh, like, his register of his voice, <laughs> it made me laugh, uh, and I felt bad, you know, um, you ever seen Die Hard? Yes. You know the line where he's like, hey, "Come out to the coast, we'll get together and feel out." The way he said, I like said that to myself. I was like, "Oh my god, it's you know, I don't know why." I just it's just like, a, like the register of his line. the register of his voice, just like, "Hey, it's been four years," you know. Like, just, like it was such a tense. The mood was so tense, and then I just started laughing. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm already ruining the moment for myself." That's funny, but uh, yeah, no. It's so a little I, side note, I didn't catch that, but. What I did catch basically throughout this entire episode and also through what we've seen of Aaron is the amazing restraint that the voice actor is showing. Mm. He's giving a really subdued performance, which is obviously you know, reflects like how much Aaron has changed. And we're going to talk mm. about that this episode. Aaron has had a lot of time to think. Yeah, but yeah, even the even the voice acting performance is like very, very on par fitting it's fitting to the character 100 you know? percent. this guy's nailing it he knows exactly you know he knows the subject matter is very clear that he knows the character well it's been the same voice actor the whole way through 100 percent. right yeah. yep so uh we cut to a character a new character we've seen once before we learn her name is madame azumabito sorry if i butcher that but madame azumabito it's the asian lady that one of the warrior candidates spilled wine on mm. and she kind of bailed them out of a you know, probably something really rough in terms of punishment. That was back in episode two of this season. Yeah. And she's backstage as Willie Tiber is getting ready uh, for his announcement, his theatrical announcement. And she wishes him luck. Willie looks pretty nervous. Um, the show, you know, cuts to a bunch of different angles with some narration. Um, and we realize this is a very major event, not just as it stands for, you the know, narrative. the narrative, but, but also for him for him and for and it really comes across 
and for world politics. You know, there are uh, military personnel or, or military leadership, I should say, for all of Marley are present. There is international politicians present from other nations. Newspapers. International media. press coverage. Oh, yeah. It's... So it's huge. There's a lot. This is a packed arena, and it's very, very important. This is kind of like, I, I don't really know what to liken it to, but it's kind of like... I don't want to say the Olympics, but it's a huge international event. It's very clearly drawn on well, it's its focus say, on the world stage. It's funny you say the Olympics because, you know, like the big thing about the Olympics is like the celebration of cultures and diversity and all this. And, you know, and we had like in the, you know, the previous episode, the, you know, the almost like the fair, you know, like there's all the different cuisines were brought together, like the young warriors got to experience, um, you know, all this stuff. Uh it just they really were like went very multicultural like in this scene and it shows that the world like, there's more to the world than what we've known and it was just lot you know lots of color in, in different ways like the show always has used color but you know it was i don't know it was very cool and willie like you can clearly like he's being set up to be like the new foil yeah um but like a very human moment of like he you know we find out what he says and obviously like <laughs> it's kind of tough where we side on it mm-hmm. but you know, he had genuine fear and like he was nervous and, you know, like yeah. very, again, like almost like actors, like this is my big moment, you know, this is my play. And they really strike home the play thing. Like I was, Dude, I was honestly was surprised. Amazing. And that was another thing I laughed. Like, you know, there's a moment like, again, jumping ahead, I'm horrible for this, but you know, like, like those actors on that stage are like, what we're doing here is important. You know, like just like the still faces and the, the in character, it just what a, just what what a performance all in all like the you know like what he was saying to like the visuals to the musical cues like very very cool stuff agreed it was like an all-out production yeah and they were quite literally on the world stage especially when you consider the audience yeah um so the next thing that we see is we you know basically the theme through this whole episode or the way this episode is shot and directed is that it is cut uh very beautifully between Aaron and Reiner's conversation in this basement and Willie's announcement on stage, albeit with a few exceptions. But there's lots of cuts between these two different uh, point of views, I guess. Um, So the next cut is back to Aaron and Reiner. And I think this is an important setting or set set up for the rest of the episode is the first thing Aaron says is he reveals where they are. They're under a housing complex. He points up. He make he takes, you know, special care to note. Very specific. That, that yeah, that the housing complex above them is filled with people and that they have great seats for the play that Willie's putting on, you know, so that they can hear everything. But I think he sets the stage fairly quickly and tells Reiner, you know, here's where we are. And, you know, there's a lot of innocent people above. And it seems like Reiner puts the, connects the dots together that Aaron kind of holds the power in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Falco tries to get out. Aaron says, no, no you might want to hear this and reiner says you know just take a seat listen to what he says the fear when he, it's almost like he forgot the second he, uh reiner entered the room he forgot about falco yeah like he saw aaron and it was just tunnel vision and when falco speaks i'm like hey like i'm gonna go and aaron's very curt like no like you aren't going anywhere you know but, it was it was this it showed the side of aaron of like oh aaron is a not joking around here like it was very it, like you know it was serious when reiner walked in and then you know it's uh it's been four years like but when he told specifically told falcon no like you're not going anywhere 
that was like, yeah. oh, okay, like this, this is on, you know, like that was when it really, really kicked in. And before I forget, an interesting note about uh, Madame uh, Azuma Beto. Yeah. Again, I'm probably butchering it. That was it, though. Yeah. She she finishes up with Willie, and you know she they step outside, and she just makes like a very like stately of, I think we should get out of here, and yeah. they leave. They leave. Yeah, that I have that later on in like the the breakdown, but yeah, um, th- there's a very deliberate shot of her leaving. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, it's hard to say, you know, why they're paying special attention to that. I'm, I feel like we, the audience, is meant to pick up that she left before the chaos started. I think this is referencing to last episode. I think Willie knows that Aaron and Co are there. Okay, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we're definitely gonna get there. So yeah. the next thing that happens. Uh, Another amazing thing about this uh, episode and why I love it so much is its dialogue is so good. It's so poignant. You used the word curt earlier, and I think that's like right on the money. Aaron is incredibly curt, straightforward, unemotional. Um, But before we get to that, the first thing Reiner says is, why did you come here? How? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. And Aaron just answers very simply. He just said, same reason you did. I had no other choice. So good, especially because we know so much about the circumstances surrounding Reiner now and why he was originally sent on that mission. And now we know that Aaron knows that. And more deeply, we know that Aaron is not here with good intentions. No, he is not. And I think that's the, you know, I think that's the beauty of what they've shown so far in the past, you know, previous four episodes is they showed the flip side of the coin and now you know Aaron's on that flip side you know like it's it's all you know it's it's a history of violence right like I think that's the big probably like the most overarching theme of this show is like violence leads to more violence mm-hmm. you know it was like that when you know the whether the stories are true of like Ymir and if the Eldians truly oppressed all these people I think you know we'll get to I have a thought we'll get to that later but it's it just shows it's just all about manipulation even from the get-go and I think even Willie is stretching a lot of the truth in mm-hmm. his in his reveals in the episode like it's a lot of it in my opinion kind of comes off as like a flat out lie it's mm. just manipulation it's just we'll say that for later but i have an i have an interesting little take on that later okay the next scene is br- uh there's a brief exchange between annie's dad and reiner's mom mm. um you know i'm not sure what we're made to take away from this but it's pretty quick um and annie's dad is more or less holding out hope that she's still alive we haven't seen annie in three seasons um she's talked about a lot a number of years have passed since she's been you know encased in that crystal armor type thing that she trapped herself in Mm -hmm. um who knows if there's been development there but tbd um Willie takes the stage, and this next scene is pretty much cut up between him recounting all of the uh, Eldian history that, you know, we know, we, the audience, know to date, Mm -hmm. uh, and also, you know, that the characters in the show know to date. I think it's a pretty effective piece of storytelling. You know, he's kind of jogging your memory (laughs) as a viewer because it is a lot of lore. It's interesting because it's, you know, it's, it's like a reminder to us and also the crowd. Exactly. It's a story the crowd has probably heard like a hundred times. It's yeah. probably like a common, you know, like a, a story mothers tell their children to keep them quiet at night kind of thing. Exactly. And, you know, it's re- relatively new to us, you know, mind you. But uh, but even then, like, we've always kind of known that was the case, right? Like, the, like, 
even like when they talk about the early seasons in the wall and all that like there was mm-hmm. the stories of, like we kept the, the titans out like it's it's always been used as like a storytelling it's always been a story in the world yeah you know so this goes on for several minutes um i'm not gonna you know go over all of his uh you know his recap until he gets to his reveal but basically you know he's going through the Eldian history he's explaining how they were tyrants for some 1800 years they, you know, steamrolled all of their enemies. They had global domination. Eventually, they turned on themselves or turned on each other. And then, you know, the Marleyan hero, uh, Helos, saved the day. And that's how we have, uh, you know, our circumstances today. So while he's going through that recap, um, we're cutting between, you know, uh, the Titans or the Titans on, on Marley's side, Zeke, Piek, and Galliard. They're called away. Um, you know, by some unknown soldier, and they're called away to supposedly see Magath, your your boy. Mm-hmm. My boy. Um, you know, Zeke, you know, once they reach some some central part, Zeke is sent to the front. This this soldier says, hey, you got to go to the front. You two come with me, uh, Piek and Galliard. At one point, Piek is interrupted by, you know, kind of a fan group, some, yeah. some Eldian soldiers that... They she, served with her, like they. I think they rode yeah. in her tank, essentially, like on her back. Exactly. Um, she takes a moment with them. I, I kind of wonder if she already knew something was up, and she says, "Hey, tail me," or something like that. Um, the only reason I say that is because she gives them all a hug and they look petrified afterwards, and it's like, mm. is it just because they're so starstruck, or? Well, they're Marleyan too, but they'll like she makes she makes a point of like you know it's important to forge Build the bonds, bonds between yeah. you know like who you serve with, um, but like I, I do agree with you. I do think she was suspicious because she even makes a point of who I'm just going to get away now. I think that's Armin. Agreed. Like I think the unknown blonde over, soldier leading them away. Yeah. I think so because she makes a point of like you look familiar. He probably looks different, and I think this might prove. I've always had kind of a theory that like the titan the shifter power you get affects how you look i agree i know where you're going <laughs> and like because Bertold was like long and skinny that lanky long, motherfucker very like tall and like lanky and even when like they because they have that flashback when they're younger before they all have their powers i think yep or they might already have them at that point i'm not too sure no it's because they're i think because reiner is kind of beefing with uh Calliard. Galliard, yes. But, um, yeah. And, like, I don't think Bertolt didn't look, like, obnoxiously, like, tall or lanky or anything like that. He kind of just looked like a kid. But then when you see him, like, not much longer and they first get to parody and he's like, oh, that's the Bertolt we know. Yeah. So, I 100% think that's Armin. Yeah, I think I there's think, some effects. You know, four years of, uh, of growth. Uh, you know, they, they were teens, I think, probably when we left off, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, four years of hard puberty, hard living... And then also add on to the whole Titan thing, uh, you know, that theory I think is, is very plausible. I agree, though. I think that the soldier that leads them away is definitely Armin. It's clearly an undercover, one of our boys. Uh, and yeah. the reason we know that is because he leads Piek and Galliard to a trap. Mm-hmm. Um, so after... What a genius trap, too, in the world. Yeah, that was and sick. And in, in the internment zone, too, which I thought was very fitting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was sick. Uh, so he leads them to a room where he uh, cuts a trap door loose... And they plunge uh, down uh, into like a well where neither of them can transform because they'll squash the other uh, or or themselves in an attempt to transform. And you know, uh, for good measure, each of them break a limb. I think Galliard breaks a. I think his arm. arm. Yeah, his arm's all 
floppy. Yeah. <laughs> and Piak, the funny thing is Piak's leg is smoking and it's turned 100% the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> and she does not seem to be bitching at all. No. Just which, just... which just kind of goes with the whole bipedal versus like, it was just weird. It, yeah. It was, it was kind of funny. Um, but this means that Reiner's busy with Aaron, Zeke's been sent to the front, and these last two are trapped in this well. So all four Titans that they have are out of commission right now, other than the Warhammer Titan, and we don't know where that is. Out of commission, and also their location is known. Yes. That's important. So, you know, we... If you're following along, we're realizing, like, holy crap, wait a minute. You know, we're starting... We're starting to see something here. You know what I mean? Um, while this this theater is is going on, while this play is happening, thing chess pieces are moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, Magath says it, he seems to be on red alert. You know, he's like, "Hey, I want to hear about anything that goes wrong. I don't yeah, care how small it is. Yeah. Let me know what's going on." So we know that they're on red alert. You know, as you should be, as you kind of have to assume that they would be anyway with something of this, uh, something of. of of this scope with all the military leaders and foreign leaders there, but I digress. How like the, you know, cause they kept cutting to like the, the Marley and high command and the crowd and all that. Like you even make a reference, like, Oh, there's this one specific general is here. Um, and I, I do believe it's the, like the Hitler esque character from mm-hmm. episode two. Yep. Yeah. He um, is, yeah. You know, like people are whispering in his ear, which is, I, Oh, I wish I knew what they were talking about. Um, that's like the one, one of the, big takeaways for me is like oh like what are they thinking right now because they're clearly being blindsided um but uh oh like you know like magath because that's the thing though like because there's all so many key targets in the crowd too like maybe the marlene command is just like sitting there like just bloodthirsty like oh like we, there's so many critical people here that we could be like taken care of because you know like they're they're like a war dominant country like that's all they're known for you know, for the most part, like they have the Titans and they're like fighting in war and they're, you know, kind of bullies. But uh, yeah, just so many telling things. Just to sit there, like the audience was like a fan. It's like us watching. You know what I mean? Like it was very, uh, very, very interesting. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of like comparable. Like, you know, like the crowd was also like to us, you know, see, seeing the same thing we are. Yeah, there, there are a lot of kind of weird meta references like that throughout, um, especially in this season. Um, you know, kind of it feels like Isayama's kind of winking at the audience while he gives you these lore dumps, knowing that you're going to be losing it. Um, it's, it's interesting. So the next, uh, you know, the next piece of this episode is kind of, you know, the quote reveal from Willie. There's a lot to unpack here. One thing that I, I noticed and I'm curious on your thoughts are, is we hear a bit of his internal monologue and he's clearly nervous like you mentioned earlier you know he's sweating bullets he's doing his whole thing and at one point he looks at like all the onlookers to stage right or left like people backstage and he says that's right just watch you know watch this and then he says this is my atonement Mm. and he gets emotional towards the end of the speech he's crying it does make you wonder if he knew something bad was going to happen to him you know, maybe he's just really passionate about what he's talking about, but that was one thing I was like, does he know something is going to happen here? Is he worried for his life? Do you think that on any level he saw what happened coming? I think yes, but I don't think he expected it. You know, again, I don't want to jump ahead, but yeah. I don't think he expected it the way it did to right. play out. Cause like there's some genuine shock in his face at one point. Yeah. 
Um, but that could just be, you know, situationally sure. what happens. Yeah, I feel like anyone would be. Um, but Willie, oh, Willie's an interesting cat, man. Like he, good character, good character. He, he simultaneously shows so much, but holds also holds back a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really hard to get like a good angle on him. And even then, like he makes this big reveal, like you know, you know, which we're about to get into. And even then, it's like he's probably he's still withholding so much, you know. Big time. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to the reveal then. Um, Willie tells the audience and the world, uh, in effect, that you know this history that they've grown up with in Marley and uh, internationally is a lie. There was no hero named Helos, you know, no brilliant Mar- Marley soldier that manipulated all of these, you know, titans. What really happened was that this was an arrangement between King Fritz, the Eldian guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who had the founding titan and the Tiber family in order to end the war. Uh, Fritz allegedly felt so much guilt about uh, Eldia's sins and he just wanted peace. Uh, so he decided to leave and he packed up willingly, went to the island uh, and he you know, threatened that if uh, anybody ever came back, you know, the, the original story was that if anybody ever engaged them in war, then he would trample the world in titans in reality, he didn't really care. He had no, he had no intentions of going to war. Um, he just wanted, you know, some brief peace, and that's why he made a vow of, of peace. And we, you know, if we think backwards to season three, part one, especially, this was, you know, this his vow of peace. This is the whole, what you inherit part with yeah. the uh, with the founding titans. So. For the listener, if you remember back in season three, you know, if you're of royal blood and you inherit the founding titan, the question was, why don't these people inheriting this ability, why don't they just go to war? Yeah. And it's because they were paralyzed by the king's, quote, ideals, or in this, as we learn, his vow, right? So he had he had sworn that he will never go to war. And uh, once they learn that truth, they kind of obey it. So that's, you know, that's that explained, at least. Um so that's you know the new version of the truth that Willie is telling everybody. Any anything you want to dissect there, Grant? So so this is what I wanted to talk about. I found this to me, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely off base here. Willie is performing his own little act of revisionist history, mm-hmm. and in a way, he is also like like spiritually becoming his own founding titan. Mm-hmm. Like he is. He's kind of like, you know, artificially creating a blank slate for all the world to hear and see, which, you know, some of it's true. Like, I do believe, like, you know, like the, all the King Fritz stuff and like they're, you know, they're crippled by their, by the power of, you know, like the, the curse for lack of a better term for King Fritz. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's manipulating everyone in the crowd, all these people over the year that he's clearly buttered up in so many ways and like everyone falls hand over. And that's the thing too, I found so funny the second he reveals that there was no Helos and like, you know, like he's been anything this guy says, everyone just drools over him. Mm-hmm. Like everyone in that crowd was, they were put to tears. Everything he said was so beautiful. Um, he's got like, that elite status. He's, he's idolized. Yeah, you can tell the people love like, him. He could have said anything, honestly, anything like he could have made, he could have said whatever he wanted and everyone in that state or like in that Coliseum or however you want to put it, they would have listened to him. Mm-hmm. They would have believed it. And I just, you know, because that's the power of the founding titan is just control over others. 
he, in this way, he's controlling non like non Eldians. Mm-hmm. Like he has them all in the palm of the hand, which I thought was just like a very cool parallel to like what he's like seeking out. Mm-hmm. And like that's why you know, and we're we're gonna get to it. You know, he more or less puts a hit out on Aaron. Yeah. By name, makes reference, and like kind of, even though Aaron is there with ill intention, it's it's not a a founding titan. I want to regain control over the world kind of thing. It's Aaron wants people to hurt. Well, it's it's interesting because I wonder, towards the end of this, I wonder what Aaron really wants. Like I don't know how his goals have evolved as he's learned more about the big wide world and what, you know how much does he need to do to get the freedom that he wants it's that's a really interesting question mm-hmm. um but you know let's jump to what you mentioned you know willie does a really good job if you had to look at it that way of kind of uniting the world against Aaron. he basically gives you know this new version of history and says that the only reason that we haven't been trampled to death is because of this king fritz guy he could and would or you know or he could bring war to all of us but he he didn't and everything was going merry until the founding titan was stolen and guess who has it now it's this guy named aaron yeager who we can't trust he could attack us at any moment um so he does a really good job of like pinning the tail on the donkey <laughs> what um, i really wish they i wish i was i was really hoping they were going to cut to zeke i know and that was you know i think purposely um, also, I, I totally missed the... You, you made reference to, you know, like, who we think is Armin, you know, kind of splits up Zeke away from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from uh, Piek and Galliard. I've watched the episode three times, and I, I somehow missed that three times, you know? Like, yeah. It, it, but it, then I think about it, like, oh, yeah, like, Zeke wasn't with them when they went down the hole. Yeah, so they have no protection uh, yeah. as it stands uh, yeah. in that in that arena. Um, bef- you know, right as, you know... Willie is kind of putting everything on Aaron and uniting the people, giving them a common a common enemy. Um, Aaron Falco, I should say, Falco realizes that he's been used, right? Yeah. And it's kind of heartbreaking. He's a good kid. He said, "I respected you." You know, I thought I was helping, and then he also realizes, "Oh God, what about all those letters I sent for you?" And but you, also, Aaron too was very sincere of like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but I needed your help." You're kind and of was, a, a means to an end. Um, and then Reiner realizes that it's bad too, right? Oh, because yeah. Reiner's also putting the pieces together very quickly, and he realizes, oh god, the letters. They didn't go to family, they went to comrades. He was more or less holding his shit together until Falco mentions the letters. Yeah. And you can just see him, like, the, the facial expressions that, like, again, every episode's been getting better and better. His facial expression just when he, like, it all kind of clicks, too. Mm-hmm. It's like you had mentioned, you know, a couple of weeks ago about there's a million, you know, what is going through Reiner's head when, you know, it cuts to him being in that door and seeing Aaron. There's probably a million other things going through his head of, like, possibilities. The second Falco mentions the letters, there's one thing on his mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. it was like, it's it, it just kind of was like a moment of clarity for him. Yeah, and it was just it was just so like so well drawn and animated. It just, ugh, tremendous I agree. Stuff. Yeah, and and those are really hard sequences to do effectively mm-hmm. uh, in anime. Just facial expressions, that kind of voice acting is very tricky when it's not live action because so many of the objects are still. Yeah. One thing you know, we don't geek out a ton on this show about like the the technique that 
uh, is used to animate certain frames. But one thing that I thought was so cool, um, because this entire scene is in this basement and there's not a lot of movement, um, you know, in a lot of shows and a lot of scenes like this, you'll just get static, just nothing moves, nothing changes in the frame except for the lips of the characters. Yeah. This scene, if you watch it carefully in this basement, there's one or two candles that are lighting the room and the candles are moving and as a result the shadows are wavering the entire time. It's really, really subtle. It's really, really beautifully done. It's it's like a really, really nice touch. They really hit home the uh, claustrophobic yep. aspect of that room. Like how close and packed in they are. Like there's there's one door, there's one escape, which is, you know, it's obvious. Like it's a trap and it's a mm-hmm. lure. But like it's like you know it's so small on screen but it's just big enough you feel like you were in it's one of the few things like i genuinely felt like i was in the room Mm -hmm. you know like the way like they they hit they hit the room at so many different angles like you know from aaron over the shoulder looking over reiner from like falco's view in like you know the kind of like a wide shot of all three that like you saw every angle of that room like that was that room itself was just as much a character in that in this episode as anyone else in that room it was it was awesome like (laughs) i was i Again, like I'm geeking out hard, but this this episode was just in every little facet. Like they are kicking off, they're revealing everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we're back to Attack on Titan. Not that we haven't been, but it's it's you know it's big and it's you know bombastic and emotional and you know dark and grim and you know like the Willy stuff is top tier. Like oh my god, they nailed the introduction of his character um, very very well. Okay, but. Uh, Moving on, um, in that same scene, you know, as Willie is kind of, you know, announcing everything, um, Aaron isn't surprised even a little bit. It, that took me by surprise as well. I mean, he knows a lot of this information because he has all of his dad's uh, historical documents at this point, and you have to yeah. assume that he's pretty well versed. And also, as we'll get to in a moment, he's uh, he's been probably doing some pretty good uh, intel gathering, right? He knows yeah. where he is and who he's surrounded by. But he's not surprised in the least by everything that Willie is saying. Well, it's it's funny too cuz like, you know, you would think you would think you know, as Willie was talking, Aaron would not say anything. He'd want to continue to listen. You know, but there's this, you know, specific thing, you know, when when Willie calls out Aaron and then Aaron it kind of like cuts back to Aaron and Reiner and moves on to the focus on them. And you know, it's it was it's so much like a play. It was almost like there was an interlude. Like Aaron knew this was the time to speak up. You know, he's like ah. You know, it's almost like he was communicating with Willie in a weird way. Mm-hmm. He was kind of oh yes, thanks Willie. And then like he cuts to Reiner and he goes like now the subject at hand. Like it was almost like a weird handoff from mm-hmm. Willie in doing his own thing upstairs to sending it down to Aaron. Like okay, now you take the reins. And there's clearly that Willie is saying more up top, but like the focus is now on Aaron and Ryan. I thought that was really cool. Like a very Agreed. cool natural transition. I also I had a note here and it made me wonder, very random offshoot thought of like, is he not surprised because he holds all the cards, or does he have legitimate insider information in the form of like Madame Azumubito or whatever her name is? Or we just don't know how much he knows. Um, but I just thought that was interesting that <sighs> yeah. he didn't skip a beat. But that might also just be because how much he's changed and how prepared he is for this moment. It could be that, but it's all—it's almost like, I think, you know, they had probably—they've been watching everyone for like next, you know, probably an extended period of time. I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron was just waiting for the right thing to be said, to use that as like, 
a good ammunition, like a starting point to like, you know, begin the conversation with Reiner, you know, like he was yeah. probably waiting for the right moment. And like, there's probably one of only like two, two or three things that Willie could have gone with that. I'm sure like, you know, the original cast is probably wondering what exactly is going to be said. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to more or less improvise from that. But even then, like the imagination can only go so far in that specific situation. I think Aaron was just waiting, waiting, I think he was just instilling fear in Reiner. Like, he was just letting it stew, and they were listening together, and, you know, Reiner was stuck, and he had to listen to what was being said and just have Aaron stare at him, you know? Yeah. It's, I think it was, it was mainly, like, a like a tactic. I think he was, like, you know, he was torturing him. Yeah, okay. So we got to move on a little bit. Um, there's a very curt Q&A between Aaron and Reiner, where Aaron just asks him point-blank point blank questions. What was your mission? Why did you break the wall? What were you hoping to achieve? Those types of things. Reiner answers him finally, yeah. completely, you know, openly and honestly. He just says, "Listen, it was part of our mission. We did this because we wanted to see what, you know, how the king would react. We needed to, you know, our mission was to uh, reclaim the fountain, founding Titan, and save the world." And Aaron answers him with, "I see you had, you know, it sounds like you had no other choice, especially if you were doing it to save the world, because that kind of thing was drilled into you." Um, as it was a, very understanding. Yeah. And, like, you, I really thought it was going a specific way. I was like, oh, shit, is Reiner joining up with the gang? Like, for a split second, I thought. Because Aaron was like, I know. It was almost like he was consoling Reiner. Yeah. I was like, I know. Like, I'm here. I get it. You know? And he, like, you know, again, cutting you off. But, like, you know, he implies, like, I've, I've lived on the same roof with, you, you know, the same roofs as you people. Like, he was Reiner for the past four years. Like, as Reiner was similar to Aaron for four years you know just the character like the you know the the opposites in the in the but the sameness of the two characters is just you know it's finally coming ahead yeah exactly um right as that part is ending Aaron starts to grow back his leg so (laughs) that answers the question that you and I had uh back in you know episode two or three when we realized he was missing a leg it was like so is he just preventing regeneration like has he kind of figured it out um, I missed one thing as well. Towards the beginning of the episode, we noticed that he's got a cut on his hand that Falco points out. Oh, yes. So it, I think we can glean two things from this fairly quickly. Is that one, he already has like this self-injury, primed and ready. Mm. So he's like kind of loaded already yeah. to make a transformation if he needs to. And two, he's been intentionally preventing his leg from growing back. And he seems to be able to grow it back on demand. And then he's not depleted afterwards. And watching his leg grow back was very cool. Awesome, very cool. The way that looked, it, it, as weird as it is to say, it, it looked incredibly realistic. Like, yeah. Not saying anyone could grow their leg back like that, but watching it, you could see the toes poke out. Oh and god! The, and like gross. the shaping of the foot, it was so oh, it was. And he keeps, bo- <laughs> there's yeah. like close-ups of him wiggling his toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like stretching his like ankle yeah. and yeah. Um, but yeah, I think between those two things, we can probably safely assume, you know, again, it's been four years, he's changed a lot, and that probably includes figuring out some of his abilities yeah. a little bit more, you know, uh, a little more succinctly, he has a little bit more control. Because that was a repeating, that, that had happened, like, again and again and again, like, they were always, like, trying to refine their powers, mm-hmm. you know, there's always, like, those training, like, arcs, like, there was, you know, the weekend, or the, the weekend, the, the time when they were on the run, and they mm-hmm. were hiding out in the woods, you know, uh, they were, you know, trying to get, I think it was the hardening or how quickly they could, he could harden and then like, kind of like redo that, I guess, like, yep. the, ref, the, like the refractory period. 
or whatever. Um, yep. So, so you have like, to assume he got better over it over time. He's been yeah. He's been busy. But like you know, but that's the thing. Like, how long has he been undercover and like under the eyes of of Marley? You know, whether mm-hmm. not as Aaron, but as you know, as uh, Kruger. Um, so that's the thing. Like, did he just like? That's the thing. again. I you know, it's probably stuff we'll never find out of like how long he's been undercover. But um, yeah, just Aaron. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> so um, the next next thing to happen is Magath. Uh, it's reported to him that one the warriors are missing and two the soldiers sent after them for investigation are also missing Mm. and he says very plainly in his own internal internalized monologue he says is this it Mm. so it makes you wonder has he been preparing for this is he just worried about any kind of security breach or is does he know something big is about to happen um I don't know. Well, this I goes think, back because yeah. there's the whole thing about the dynamite, or you know, like like a exactly. demolition is needed. So like, there's 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 a couple moving parts they did not show in this episode that are waiting to to be revealed. I agree. Sure. It feels like Marley at least knew something. There was a mention of oh, you know, a an entire building needs to be demolished, and two, he mentioned yeah, it's infested with rats. Um, that was back in season or episode two, I should say. Yeah. So it or three, but it For, is. Yeah. It is interesting. Um, I don't think Magath is in, as in the dark as uh, perhaps we may have originally thought or the show originally showed. Well, no, I think because I think ever since he's like kind of cozied up to Willie and is now you know directly answering to him, it seems like you know because uh, you know because Willie more or less kind of alluded to you know you know Magath running the you know running the government or whatever and you know Magath like made his stance of like no like <laughs> you're my boss still. Yeah, you know, he's probably more comfortable, you know, serving under someone that's probably what all he's ever known. But uh, even then, like you know, it's McGath is really again very surprisingly the the character development he has had in such a short amount of time of like his introduction to now. You know, it's especially with a guy with like less than one line per episode. Yeah, he, he like he has some range. Yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. It's an interesting character. Um. A lot of the remainder here is cut between, you know, the whole reveal that Willie is giving on the revised history and then the conversation that Reiner and Aaron are having. Uh, Some of these lines uh, from Aaron are so great. Um, Reiner's saying stuff like, you know, you said you'd make me die painfully. Is that why you're here? You can tell Aaron's like, ah, he actually says, ah, just forget about that. But, but funny enough, he goes, oh, yeah, I might have said that. Yeah, like, it's just, I vaguely know, remember. <laughs> yeah. But then he goes on this huge, you know, the, not a huge monologue, but a monologue nonetheless saying, you know, across the sea, within the walls, it's the same. It's built up of good people and bad people. And for a second there, you're like, well, where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. Because Aaron is demonstrating a whole lot of understanding and he's demonstrating that he definitely understands Reiner's circumstances and he understands, you know, he is not hell-bent on genocide anymore okay. like he was, because he literally was, when this show started and even throughout most of the series. Um, he demonstrates that he's grown quite a bit in these mm-hmm. few lines. I thought that was really, really cool. And then he says, you know, Reiner, I'm the same as you. And... I think season four, you know, these last four episodes leading up to this one did a really good job of sh- drawing a ton of the parallels between Aaron and Reiner. Yeah. They were both born into a type of slavery, depending on how you look at it. They were both indoctrinated 
with just absolute bullshit and bred to kind of hate the enemy, even though they didn't understand who or what the enemy was. They were completely radicalized by their own families and societies. And Eric, Aaron acknowledges all this. He's, he doesn't say it in so many words, but he, mm. he understands that. And what's interesting is that he proceeds anyway. So, like, he knows all this, but he's going to continue. The, the, the strange thing, or not, not the strange thing, but the, there's also a nice point when he makes the references across the sea within the walls, it's the same. He takes the time to look to Falco and, mm-hmm. like, kind of was, his tone of voice was very, like, you know, uh, it was like a definitive answer of, like, and we are the same. Mm-hmm. Like it was like there was no room for conversation, like no and ifs or buts, like it, just letting you know, like we're all we're all fucked, you know, like we're and it, it kind of goes back to the slavery thing, like you know, there's two different types of it. You know, Aaron was born in a society where it was like a hierarchy. You know, the farther out you were from like you know the 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 bigger outside rings, the typically more poor you are, and you know it's like a less traditional type of slavery. Like you know, like you kind of got by, but they were surrounded by fear it you know a unique type of fear of like the titans could come at the end any mm-hmm. time kind of thing whereas like reiner like it, it's straight up like you know it's like it was like auschwitz like they were they were deemed that like you are no good you know it's again it just goes back to like two sides of the same coin like it's very very different types of indoctrination like you said but you know aaron like he's I don't like I I don't know where his head is fully at right now. Like you know, like it kind of obviously like we find out like you know what he does and chooses to, but like I genuinely think he's just he's looking to hurt other people. I think he's a dying man. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is him trying to save Eldians on Marley. Like he's not trying to like save the world anymore. Yeah, I think he's just act. He's just trying to throw a punch before he you God. know peters off. I don't and know, which is a total change of Aaron. You know, we've been saying you know it's. It's four years later, he's a changed man. You know, he's had time to think and reflect. And I think he's just only gotten more bitter. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I agree or disagree. I just, I don't know what he wants. And I think that that's part of the point. Yeah. um, Is that, you know, it's hard to understand what he's trying to accomplish. I mean, I get, I get the war part, but to what end? Mm -hmm. Um, Is he, yeah. Does he just want to hurt people on the way out? I, I don't know, but it's bleak it's it's very it's very dark perspective it's much calmer than his like unbridled hatred that he had as a younger man but it's still somehow worse mm-hmm. um but you know we're in the last couple of minutes of the episode and it culminates pretty well you know reiner literally throws himself on his knees at aaron's feet yeah you know some of the dialogue he gets out is so great you know he says i'm sick of this of myself he's explained to aaron that they wanted to try you know that his comrades tried to end the mission um but he forced them to push forward and because he wanted to be respected he wanted to be a hero um as he's saying this it's cut between willie's uh proclamation or a declaration of war you know there's some really great cuts of reiner saying things like you know i i hate myself and then it's like He's looking to be judged if we're going to go full circle on this. Yes, 100%. He's looking to be judged. And Willie's on stage saying, I curse my own blood. You know what I mean? He's saying stuff like, I really hate you know, what I am, or I hated what I am more than anybody. But I want to live. But I want to live. Yeah. He's, um, he's just trying to manipulate this crowd. Willie me, is clearly is a... His villainous side is yet to be fully shown, I think. Yeah. 
Um, and the crowd's eaten up Willie's side, and Aaron offers Reiner a hand. He says, you know, and I think he, his point was, but you persevered. He didn't say that, <laughs> but Reiner did persevere. He he continued forward with his mission, um, and Aaron kind of lifts him up, and they shake hands. And right as Willie is making his official, like he's actually saying the words, I declare war, Aaron says, I think we were born this way. And he goes, I keep moving until I destroy my enemies. This is the point where Aaron transforms, um, causing the house full of Eldians above him to crumble, killing untold amount of people. You see Reiner try and duck out of the way, presumably to shield Falco. Um, and as Aaron emerges through the stage, there is one clear bloody corpse being thrown into the air, and it is without a doubt Willie Tiber. And we cut to credits. Well, he, he kind of like lifts him up and he like trying to throws him up there like he's going to eat him, no? It, I think he's going for the eat. Like, I think he's going also, to devour him. But I think, you know, Tiber's a bloody, or Willie's a bloody mess. His legs are facing the wrong way. Yeah. I think it's very, you can say with 99% certainty that he's dead whether he's eaten or not. Please tell me you saw, like, right as Aaron explode, like, erupts from underneath. And it, like you can see the crowd. Mm-hmm. Please tell me you saw the boulder smashing into the guy's face. One hundred percent. Oh my god, that <laughs> I lost my mind. Like it was just it was a quick a blink and you miss it moment. Yeah, and it was just so effective. Like everyone's faces were just in sheer terror. Yeah, that's probably the luckiest guy in the room was taking a rock to the face like yeah. that. Oh, and you know one thing I missed <laughs> is that right right before Aaron transforms and kills. However many innocents, and not just innocents, Eldian innocent, innocents, yeah. right? His own kin, if you want to look at it that way. Right before he does it, Marleyan soldiers are closing in. Yeah. Um, you know, just to add to the whole suspense, like, are we going to get busted or what? But it didn't matter. It was too little, too late. When he exploded, he killed probably all of those soldiers, all of the people in the building, killed Willie, let's say, people in the crowd. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's your declaration of war. Such a good episode. Such brilliant pacing. I loved it. That was, like, my probably my favorite, well, hard to say, but one of my favorite transformations of the whole show. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Um, Excellent reintroduction to the Attack Titan. So good, man. Yeah. I, I fucking loved that. That that final sequence when they're cutting between Reiner and Willie um, and their dialogue and Aaron remaining calm as ever right before he's about to commit mass murder is pretty fucking crazy. And the eye, like, the eye effect when, you know, he's, like, the, the cue to him, like, you know, transforming and kind of, like, you know, you know, like, I destroy my enemy's line. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's, and that's what makes me think that I think Aaron is, you know, he's, I think, maybe not call it revenge, but he's just trying to maybe make others pay for what they did. They shamelessly came over, they were looking for the Founding Titan, they murdered innocent people inside the wall, I think Aaron is just trying to not reenact that, but I think they're just trying to deal the same blowback. You know, and this is why yeah. I say like history repeats itself. This is this is going back to like Eldian. It's 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 funny because you know Willie makes a reference to you know like the story of how they crafted the story of Helos and how Helos and the Tiber family helped helped essentially the Eldians to start fighting one another. Mm-hmm. And I think in a weird way Willie is also doing that again. You know he's setting up you know like he's setting everyone pitted against like aaron and co they are here and it's not just going to come down to eldians fighting on eldian 
Yeah, and yeah. Uh, how many p- innocent people? I think they did a really good job of how many, of kind of illustrating without saying it, how many innocent people are going to die in the crossfire. And the other thing is too, like Willie must have known. I think this just really like solidifies the theory that like he knew they were there because he purposely chose to have this event in the internment zone. Yep. I think he was hoping to have Eldian casualties, not Marleyan casualties. That's an interesting thought. I hadn't considered that. I also, you know, I, it's, uh, I really wonder who else is there. I think it's safe to say at least Armin is there. Perhaps Jean, if my season, or if my first episode prediction mm. was right. But probably more. It feels like we're about to throw down. We've isolated four of the Titans, uh, presuming our, presuming that Reiner is like out of commission or injured or something. And yeah. Who knows what happened to Zeke, but... Hard to say, but it feels like the Warhammer Titan, the Warhammer Titan, excuse me, um, is still a question mark. Did you, do we want to talk about the preview for next week? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we've been talking about it every, yeah, every okay. each week. So yeah, spoiler warning. It's called the Warhammer Titan. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we can, you know, and we know that the Warhammer Titan transforms to, to confront Eren. Um... So my guess is it probably wasn't Willie. That would be probably too convenient, and it's probably a smart play that it's not him, considering he's the leader of the Tiber family, because that yeah. would make him a little bit too valuable. Yeah, easy target. A trackable target. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, in terms of predictions, I think I can really only predict the obvious, because this show is pretty difficult, but it seems like the obvious is that there will be a confrontation between Aaron and this other Titan, and we will see how prepared Magath was and how prepared Aaron was. This feels, you know, how, like when I say by that, I mean, how ready is he to throw down? And also, does he have a lot of backup? They must because, you know, you know, like the, they're so, it's a, it's a group of thinkers, right? Like obviously like every military has like, you know, tactical minds, but you know, with Hanji and like even Levi and Armin, like it's there and Mikasa, like they are a group of absolute assassins. Mm-hmm. You know, like and if you're alive at this point, you've seen some shit. Like, and that's the thing too. Like the the people in this crowd, the advantage that Aaron and Co have right now, like the the element of surprise. Everyone, you know, like you know Zeke saw some stuff firsthand. Uh, you know, over on Parody, and I guess you know Piek would as well. But Piek never saw. She didn't get up close with any of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they know this. Like the force the power that is coming their way like yeah. in in the scouts because that's essentially what they are it's it's a grouping of scouts um still like you know i don't think because uh, there also could be some like the high command from parody over there too you know like, yeah we don't know right like you know the scouts at towards the end of season three part two were severely whittled down there were very few of them left the government was intact though and like, are um, we going to see Historia? That's yeah, I was thinking yeah, I about know. that, too. Like, is she going to reveal herself? And, like, maybe... Because that could be an angle, too. She's like, you know, they could do this and let the battle commence as oh. it is. And she could be trying, you know, reuniting the Eldians. But. Another thing, too, is, like, has Aaron explored that connection with Historia, right? Because she's of royal blood. He possesses the Founding Titan. Together, mm-hmm. they'd make one mead combo. Yeah. Perhaps he could access the past through her because he got that little flash when he touched her at the end of the last season. Yeah. Have they explored that relationship at all? Has Aaron kept it a secret? Because he seems to be the only one that has realized it. Lots of questions there. Um, I don't know, man. I I think it's pretty awesome. But I will say, it feels a little Erwin 
Edwin Smith. To yeah. me. Um, yeah. It feels I like agree. a bit of a gamble because we don't know what kind of a foe this Warhammer Titan is going to be and how prepared Marley is. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, what a really solid way to kick off the action for this season. Especially, I'm so glad that they decided, or, you know, that Isayama decided to take the time to let us getting to know all these other characters. Because it, it just hit different. Oh, my God. It, <laughs> it hit a little different, doesn't it? I, I, you know, it was... The second I finished it, it was like, I gotta watch... Like, I, I was literally trying to figure out when I could possibly watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it's... Uh, I was immediately rewinding to wa- yeah. to rewatch the transformation. Oh, yeah. Because that was it, so dope. Him exploding through that building. Fucking... Uh, the, this episode was just... It was an 11 the whole time. Like, there was no... All the fat was completely trimmed out. You know, it was it was all, like, just high-quality cuts. You know? Yeah, man. This is this is the... You know, like, like I said, it's not like Attack on Titan hasn't been tremendous this past season. But we got, we got like, a nice little refresh, like a, ref, like a change of pace for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to see some, like, different perspectives and the world. And they kind of... They really broadened their horizon a little bit. But, you know, this is this is Attack on Titan, baby. Like, you know, it's <laughs> the good stuff right here. Yeah. yeah. And it, uh, it it it's so much more satisfying when there's when there's stakes. And yeah. they've created some really great stakes. Oh, tremendous. I next week could not come quicker. All right. Should we leave it here? I think so. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been season four, episode five, breakdown of Attack on Titan. Again, this is the part time Otaku podcast. I've been talking with a bunch of you guys on uh, Reddit this week and interacting with you all over the place on social media. Um, thank you so much if you're listening. Uh, it has been an absolute blast. Uh, you know, we'll continue to feature fan art and fan theories. You know, we're gonna, the show is gonna continue to evolve as we uh, keep watching this season. But Grant and I are having a fucking blast doing Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So we're not going anywhere. We'll be here again next week. Uh, you know, probably continue to do this on Wednesdays. Um, and I know I said this last week, we'll continue to say it. You know how this whole thing works. Um, if you think anybody you know would enjoy this, like, subscribe, comment, share it. Um, all of that helps us, you know, it's, it, it encourages us to continue doing the show. Um, so we're just glad to know that some people are enjoying it, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Cheers.